Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my sweet friend and co-host Ananga Sevier. Before we begin our conversation about changing your perspective on anxiety, we'd like to give a shout out to our patrons. Thank you, Teresa, Michael, and Scott for supporting our show. If you're interested in becoming a patron, visit patron.com slash anxiety slayer for over 200 anxiety relief downloads. We also have a free membership option where we'll be sharing some of our guided relaxations with you. This week, we're discussing the transformative power of changing your perspective on anxiety and how it can significantly affect your overall well-being. In the hustle of our daily lives, anxiety has become an all-too-familiar companion for millions of us. What if the key to managing anxiety lies not just in external factors, but in how we perceive and interpret it? This is what we're going to be discussing today on the podcast. Welcome back, Ananga. Hey, Shen. It's so good to be with you today and to discuss how changing our perspective can really change how we deal with anxiety. Yeah, changes our whole experience of it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of that quote. I can't remember it exactly, but it's something like, we can create a heaven or a hell in our own mind. That thing that there's what happens to us and how we react or respond to it. And there's really an opportunity with anxiety to see it as a teacher, but sometimes we're so stuck in it that we forget. I like how you mentioned using anxiety as a teacher. And it makes me think that if we could stop viewing anxiety as an enemy, as this big, scary monster to be defeated, and we could consider it more a signal from our minds and our bodies, that that would allow us to see that anxiety can be a natural response to stress. And recognizing it that way can really help remove the stigma associated with anxiety. Really, our experience is colored by how we react or how we respond. And sometimes we have an experience like pain, chronic pain or anxiety, and they're both very difficult things or challenging things to deal with. But our tendency is to layer on around them and make them more solid and more intense by thinking, Am I going to be stuck like this forever? Is there something wrong with me? These thoughts and these stories, I think of it as like rings in a tree that just grows out and encapsulates the the fact of the experience. There's pain or there's anxiety, but then we have options in how we're going to respond to it. And in my life, I've had experience of both of those things. I'm very aware that it's important to come back around and remind ourselves that we can review it when we're tired or off balance. It's easy for those thoughts to start developing and solidifying and layering up what we're challenged by. But when we're reminded to come back around and look at it with a more neutral stance, being open to messages, noticing our patterns and triggers, and then looking for areas where we can make gentle changes, it really does soften the experience. And in addition to that, I think being mindful of our languaging and description around what we're experiencing. Yeah, that's very important. I was having a conversation with a friend who has a habit of saying, I feel bad. I feel so bad. And 
they're referring to what is happening in the world or what might be happening uh, with a friend or a family member or an animal or what have you. And it's this, I feel bad, I feel bad, I feel bad. And that's like inviting feeling bad into your body, into your nervous system. Mm. I've been listening to Brené Brown's audiobook, Atlas of the Heart. And in the early chapters of that book, she goes over the importance of having subtleties of languaging. And I can't remember the exact quote, but there's a, a really good teaching in there about the more varied and detailed and expressive we can be about our experience, rather than using black and white terms like good and bad, the more we can convey the subtleties of our experience, the more we can communicate them to others and also communicate them and reflect them back to ourselves. And sometimes we simply need to ask questions. You know, what does that mean? When I say I feel bad, what does that mean? You know, let's look at that in more detail. Now, languaging can become very rigid, very black and white, very good and bad. And we need to loosen and, and soften that up. Sometimes we just need to bring some light into our mind and some hope. And that's a big help. And then there's the ability to embrace uncertainty, which doesn't always come easily. But what we know about anxiety is that it often thrives on the fear of the unknown. But rather than viewing what's unknown or uncertainty as a source of distress, what if you were to consider it as a part of life? Because it is a part of every person's life. And embracing this uncertainty allows for a more flexible and adaptive mindset, which can reduce anxiety's grip on all of our lives. That's something I've come to call the facts of life, which sounds like an uncomfortable childhood conversation with a parent, but that's not what I mean. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's the facts of life, like tax returns, getting the car serviced, getting dental checkups. They're the things we have to do. And I've tried to lighten up my language and around them with acceptance that these are the things we all deal with here. And the more we can turn to ourselves with kindness and increase our resilience, the better we can go through them. Also, if we encapsulate them with good things around them, they become smaller. When we zoom in on the things that trouble us, they become bigger. And when we zoom out and we have other things around, good conversations, walks in nature, a lovely book to read, a beautiful meal cooked by a loved one, things like that, then we, we slot them in amongst the other things and they don't become like the main event. As you were talking about embracing uncertainty, you reminded me that I have um, a mind care playlist. I've got it on uh, YouTube music. Mm. Sometimes I put it on in the kitchen. My mind has a habit of getting to me in the kitchen when I'm washing up or prepping a meal. It's got its own playlist, which I'm not so comfortable with. So then I put this YouTube playlist on and there's a great song on there that I really like about facing uncertainty. It's by India Airy and it's called Just For Today. Oh, so good. And I find that song really helpful when that goes on in the kitchen. I sing along with it and I carry on prepping my meal or doing what I'm doing. And it's a good way of putting a different perspective and a different dialogue in your head. So I really recommend make a playlist. And if you don't like your own playlist, 
get some help to change it. Mm. And that brings us to the ability to get ourselves unstuck from anxiety. Many of the members in our private Facebook group talk about seeing anxiety as something that has power over them or that has all of the control and power or feeling like you're going to be stuck with anxiety forever. It can feel like that. And this is the trick of the mind. The mind, you know, the Vedas teach, Vedic teachings are that the mind is subordinate to the intelligence, but it doesn't always feel like it. Sometimes it overpowers our intelligence. And we'll hear ourselves say, I feel so overwhelmed by this. And, and when I speak it out loud, it doesn't even make sense. It's not even logical. But my mind has really got me. It can feel like our mind's got us up against the wall. It's a real bully. And when we turn to it and give it attention, it grows and it escalates and the anxiety we're feeling increases. So definitely it can feel like it has power over us, but it doesn't in reality. And that's where our opportunity is to take steps every day. And we might need to do it several times a day to embrace practices and techniques that are going to dilute that experience that the mind's feeding us. Yeah. And whether that's learning how to respond to anxiety or committing to daily practices, reframing challenges that come up, We've discussed so many different ways that you can get unstuck from anxiety over the years, but these are just a few of those where you, oh, you feel it coming on. What do you know you can do to help understand and move through what's happening? Yeah. What do you know? And what practices have you already committed to that are helpful? Yeah. And I recommend keeping a tally of practices. If, if you're somebody that likes to motivate or challenge yourself a little bit, or just have some reality about how much you're doing to help yourself. I use a habit tracker for different things that I like to do every day. And I have on there a healing practices area, and it's got a little tally count. And my goal is to complete six of those every day. Because when my nervous system is heightened, or I'm having a flare in my chronic health condition, I need extra care. Mm -hmm. Isn't enough to just do it morning or evening. So I think it's important to bring that up as well. We might need pockets throughout the day where we turn to ourselves with care to respond to anxiety, to, to calm it down, to calm our nervous system. And it doesn't have to be 10 or 15 minutes. It can be three minutes. Mm -hmm. It can be a short thing. It can be a short walk. It, it can be three minutes guided breathing practice or a guided relaxation. Uh, pacing up and down, doing some tapping and some qigong. And again, it doesn't have to be the whole practice. It could be five minutes, 10 minutes. Anything is good. Anything counts. For me, it's got to be a couple of minutes before it gets ticked off the list. And then if I can do that five or six times a day spread throughout the day, I definitely feel the benefit of that. So sometimes with anxiety, we can say nothing's working. And it's quite simply that we need to do more. And that's all part of getting unstuck from anxiety and changing our attitude towards anxiety from feeling fearful and helpless to hopeful. And also make sure that you're asking yourself questions. When you start to feel anxious, when you start to feel stressed and uncomfortable, sit and take a breath and ask, why am I feeling anxious? 
What's going on? When you find that trigger and you can sit with it and question it and allow yourself time to take a breath, it's amazing how much things can change. And if you have the opportunity, you can even journal for a few minutes about what's going on to kind of clear your mind and, and release that discomfort onto the page. But always be in question. It will put up a roadblock to the bully that anxiety can be the more that you sit with it and say, oh, wow, what am I aware of right now? What's going on? Is this mine? Oh, that's right. I listened to or I read this piece of news that made me feel really uncomfortable about X, X Y, or Z or whatever it might be. It might be really obvious, and then it, it might not. But just sitting with it and asking those questions will make a big difference. Yeah. And also it gives us the chance to change our choices down the line when we become, and, and this is where journaling is really helpful as well, because we get to note what works for us. So when we become aware of something that's heightened our anxiety, maybe something on the news, maybe we skipped a meal, we can note that and not expose ourselves to sources of anxiety in the future. If we notice the news is consistently triggering me, we can step back from the news. If we notice that if we're not hydrated, we can feel more anxious and more ungrounded, we can be aware of that and make the necessary changes. If we notice we're skipping meals and that can affect our blood sugar and that doesn't make us feel so good, we can address that. It's all about questioning and gaining clarity. When you question anything, it shakes it loose and it stops it being a solid fact. It's definitely something we need to do with anxiety. Changing your perspective on anxiety is something that takes practice and is also something that we can do by practicing mindfulness. And mindfulness involves staying where you are, staying in the present moment. So this is all a part of when you're asking the questions, when you're sitting with yourself and really trying to get clear and just being in the moment without judgment, allow yourself to cultivate awareness, try your best not to judge yourself so that you can detach from anxiety and be in this space of what's happening right now and how can I feel better in this moment. This is where I'm at right now. I'm not going to be worried about what happened yesterday. I'm not going to be concerned about what I have to do tomorrow. In this present moment, what can I do to alleviate the intensity of anxious thoughts? It's a really great practice. And we have a mindful connection breathing practice available to everyone on our Patreon, free members and supporting patrons. And last week, we also shared peacefully present guided relaxation. And that's all about aligning with the present moment and using that awareness of presence to soothe and strengthen your nervous system, um, especially when we're feeling anxious or triggered. And some additional practices that are helpful to bring us back to feeling more calm and relaxed, breathing and tapping is huge. And even if you can only tap on the collarbone point, that is such a lovely way to invite more calm and it works 
really quickly? That's a really helpful practice when we feel particularly anxious and we might feel overwhelmed and we might feel like flustered or we can't remember how to tap or where to go to look at the resources we offer to just stand up, take a deep breath and tap on the collarbone point, which is easily found. It's just under your collarbone where the collarbone meets the breastbone. There's a little dip if you run your thumbs from your shoulders along the collarbone towards the center of your chest, you'll feel there's a little dip there and just bunch your fingers together and tap. And you don't have to be exactly on the right spot because it's a bony area of the body and it works by percussion, percussing through the bones to the energy points. Really easy. Just stand up, take a deep breath and start tapping on the collarbone point. That's on the kidney meridian in Chinese medicine, which is a really good spot for calming fear and anxiety. And if there's a lot of stress and you feel like there's stress hormones coursing through your body, pace, pace up and down, just move, move and tap and breathe and it will start to ease. And again, allow whatever feelings are coming up to come up. You don't have to fight them, but try to witness them. Often easier said than done, <laughs> but just allow yourself to feel how you feel. Yeah, fighting and resisting increases the intensity of the experience. So breathe, tap, let it be, and it will wash over you like a wave. It will lose its intensity. Anxiety can't build forever. It crests and then it drops off. But when we're fighting it, we kind of hold it in a heightened state. When we don't resist, it will crash over our head and it will dissipate. I remember the first time I experienced that, I was quite surprised and very relieved. <laughs> mm. Something else to bring forward is to remember when and where we feel okay. What do we know and what have we experienced that feels good? That, that lightness of being, having a laugh, being out in nature, talking with a trusted friend. Remember that because that is a big part of who you are. You're not just the anxiety that wants to control you right now. You are so much more than that. Sometimes even turning to simple household tasks can help shake anxiety loose if we're not frozen with it and held hostage by it and we can get up and clean something, cook something, prep something, step outside. Here in the UK, we've just started to get some bulbs showing their shoots, which I always find such a wonderful herald of spring. And I've noticed the bird song has started changing now. It's increasing a little in the mornings. So I have a morning routine of stepping outside and feeding the birds and just looking to see what changes there are. That really helps me. If you have a hobby, you might like to paint or knit or bake. Again, this is where journaling is so helpful to be aware of the things that always come through for you and always lift your spirits because anxiety is a naysayer. It will tell you there's nothing. And it's up to us to gather the treasure and the trust in ourselves that there are things that always help me feel okay and to stay present with them and remember them. And when anxiety starts blowing in our ear, to just get up and go to something that we know always helps us. And then finally, there's the gift of positive self-talk. Our internal dialogue is incredibly important. It plays such a significant role 
and shaping our emotional experiences. Be sweet with yourself. Practice replacing negative self-talk with positive affirmations whenever you can, and you can start to reshape your perception of anxiety. I've been practicing this for many, many years, and it works. I have never been as sweet with myself as I am now, and it took a long time, but I'm incredibly grateful because I can be in that space of remembering just like you can, remembering your strengths, your capabilities, your successes, all of, all of who you are, your kindness. And this will build resilience in the face of any anxious moment. Be kind and patient with yourself. If you want to receive more anxiety support, you're welcome to visit our Patreon where you can get a deeper dive into some of the topics we cover, as well as over 200 downloads. And we recently added a free option where you can get some of our guided meditations without becoming a member to give you a chance to sample what it's like to join us on Patreon. You can learn more at patreon.com slash anxietyslayer.